everybody. Welcome to the GOAT podcast. This is college football edition today and we are going to do another episode of our college football preview episodes. I know we're running a little bit late on this. Uh, just ran into some technical difficulties and had some things going on in my personal life, but we're back and I will not have a guest on this time. So what we're going to do for this episode is we are going to do an overview of the ACC, the Big 12, and the Pac-12. That's a lot. This is going to be a jam-packed episode. And then I also want to have a discussion about realignment. There'll be no guest on this podcast, so let's get started. Okay, so I want to go ahead and start in the ACC. This, honestly, I don't really feel like there's a lot to talk about in the ACC. Uh it, as far as off-season stuff has gone on, it has been the most boring conference, and I don't think it's particularly close. So, I just, I'm going to go through the standings real quick and just say how I feel about them. And honestly, the standings that I pulled from online, I, I don't really disagree a whole lot. I just, this, this conference is, as far as, like, discussion is concerned, it's boring. However, as far as watching them play, I don't expect this conference to be boring. But as far as discussion topics, I don't see a lot to discuss at the moment. And if you disagree, email, email me, argue with me. Goat versus goat at gmail.com. G-O-A-T-V-S-G-O-T-E at gmail.com. I'd love to hear from you, and I'd love to hear about what interesting discussion topics we can talk about with the ACC. All right, so projected standings that I've pulled from online. Number one, Florida State. Yeah. I don't think it's going to be that close of a conference. And I say Florida State, number one. Clemson, number two. And North Carolina, number three. Okay, so I almost feel like I have to discuss these together. Clemson, uh, they've both lost, you know, and they've both lost a little bit this past offseason. Clemson with some players and North Carolina with Phil Longo going, you know, to the Big Ten. So, because of how, because of how top-heavy the ACC is, I really feel like Clemson and North Carolina are going to be two and three in the conference. But I just don't know what order they will be in. But after that, it really, really drops off. So, Florida State, number one, which I agree with. Oh, by the way, isn't it awesome to see Florida State recovering from the Jimbo era? That was horrendous. Horrendous. I love seeing them bounce back. It feels like Florida, it feels like when Florida State is good, college football is better. I mean, I grew up in the 90s 
So I remember, you know, coming up, it was Florida State, Florida State. And I think there was a little bit of Miami in there. I don't really remember Miami being good. I mean, maybe when I was really young. But I remember hearing about Miami. But I remember watching Florida State. And to me, it just feels like real college football when Florida State is successful. And I just, I love it. So... This list that I've compiled from various sites on the internet has Florida State, Clemson, North Carolina, Miami. Mm, Maybe. I guess Miami could be four. Duke, five. Pitt, six. Louisville, seven. NC State, eight. Wake Forest, nine. Syracuse, ten. Georgia Tech, eleven. And then Virginia Tech, Boston College, Virginia. There's not really a whole lot to talk about here. Hopefully, Mario Cristobal will be, you know, doing good things with Miami. I hope that they're moving in a positive direction. It seems like they are from what he's, from from what, you know, Coach Cristobal is saying. I'm interested to watch Miami, and I want them to succeed. I want them to be better, actually. You know, I would like to see Miami be better than Clemson this year. Do I think it's going to happen? No, I think it's still a little bit too early for Miami. But I really like their quarterback, uh, Tyler Van Dyke, I believe his name is. I really like their quarterback, and I think he's someone to watch out for. But going down, I mean, I, I don't, I'm not a big fan of anybody else. In the ACC. And. I mean. Let me know. Let me know what you think. Please argue with me. I mean. I I was researching things to try to preview. In the ACC. And I was not able to come up with much. And trust me. I wanted to have a lot more. Florida State. I think is the biggest discussion point. And I think that. The hype is real. I'm buying into the hype. I am so excited, so excited to see the Florida State LSU game. Last year, I remember I was talking to one of my friends during that game, and we thought we knew how it was going to go, and then it came down to the last second. And we texted each other at the end of the game going, okay, was that the most exciting game that we'll see all season. I mean, it may have been. I don't know. That was an insane game, and I'm so excited for that game again this year. All right, so we'll move on. Go ahead and move on to the Big 12. Once again, there's not a whole lot to talk about here. But we'll get into realignment kind of after I go through these conferences. And we'll get more into the Big 12 at that point. So projected standings, we got Texas number one. Yes. I have not said this for a while. 
And I'm saying this on a public platform, so if I'm wrong, make fun of me. I'm ready for it. Texas is back. Texas is back, and I expect they will wipe the floor with the rest of the Big 12, and they will be undefeated conference champs. I'm sitting here looking at the list of the teams, and I, on paper, I don't see anyone who can even challenge Texas. Not in the Big 12, at least. I mean, the other teams, you got Kansas State, Oklahoma, Texas Tech, TCU, Baylor. I mean, what about these newcomers? What about UCF, BYU, Houston, Cincinnati? I I don't think that these teams have the firepower to be able to face Texas to, and be successful against Texas. I think Cincinnati is at a is especially at a disadvantage because they just lost Luke Fickle to Wisconsin. I I just don't see I don't see where the competition is going to come from. I know it'll come from somewhere. It's going to shock me. But right now, I'm not sure where that will come from. I think Texas is better on paper, and I expect that they will be better on the field. So I got Texas number one. Now, this list that I pulled from online, just some various various sites, had Kansas State at number two. Now, Kansas State lost a ton in the NFL draft, if I remember correctly, but I don't know if there's a bigger loss for them than Deuce Vaughn because that guy was their offense. Last last season, Alabama played Kansas State in the in the bowl game. And I remember watching the game thinking, I can call Kansas State's offense. Because all they're doing is running Deuce Vaughn. That's it. Alabama knew what was coming the entire time. It was obvious. That whole, the entire team ran I don't mean this to be funny, but it kind of is. The entire team ran through Deuce Fawn. Well, now he's in the NFL. So what does Kansas State do now? Right now, I'm not sure about the strength of the Big 12. So I feel like Kansas State, they return enough to be in a pretty decent position. So... I could see Kansas State at number two, but this is going to be a different-looking Kansas State team, and I'm very interested to see them. All right, so the next team on this list, I think, is way, way, way overrated. Oklahoma fans, stone me. I'm ready. Oklahoma at number three, there's no way. No way. I 
don't see it. I know my dad was making a joke the other day about Texas and Oklahoma coming into the SEC. You know, why are, why is Vanderbilt happy that, you know, Texas and, o- Texas and Oklahoma are coming into the SEC, you know, because, you know, they don't – Vanderbilt's tired of being the only cupcake opponent. Texas, I don't think they're going to be a cupcake opponent. Oklahoma, on the other hand, not – not a big fan. Now, the Brett Venables hiring, at the time, I was intrigued by it. You know, he's an Oklahoma guy, you know, very defensive-minded. And I thought there could be some potential there, but I wanted to see what he pulled in as far as offense was concerned. All... And if you only watched one game of Oklahoma season last year to, like, tell you what happened, to give you a glimpse of what happened to that team, I would watch the Red River rivalry game. I believe it was 49 to nothing was that final score, Texas over Oklahoma. Oklahoma, they didn't have – an offense and they had no answers on defense a Brett Venables team cannot cannot thrive in the Big 12 and they will surely 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 not thrive in the SEC next season and on if they can't figure out the answers on defense Brett Venables is one of the best defensive coordinators in the game but Can he be a head man? I don't think so. I'm ready to be proven wrong. And honestly, the team that I'm a bit higher on than Oklahoma, I would honestly put Oklahoma probably middle of the pack. Maybe like six, seven, eight, somewhere in there is where I would expect Oklahoma to be. And I think if they're higher than five if they're you know between three and five I think it has been a very successful year but if Brett Venables does not get it together this season I think he's in trouble Oklahoma is so used to success they're historically so good I don't feel like the Oklahoma fans are going to be very patient especially considering that They move to the SEC next year. So, if this is not going to work in the Big 12, you know for a fact it's not going to work in the SEC. So, I think Brett Venables is coaching for his job right now, but I just don't see them finishing third in the Big 12. Now, the team that's listed fourth here, Texas Tech, I like them... Maybe third. I like Texas Tech. I'm very intrigued by them. And I, you know, that would, that's probably the team that I would watch this year. Texas Tech. That's the team I'll be keeping my eye on. Then the next four in this conference standings projections list. 
TCU, Baylor, Oklahoma State, and UCF. So, newcomer, UCF is in that list. TCU, they lost quite a few players from that national championship team. But that's probably a good thing for them because that was, they've got to get, I want to see how that team responds. They've got to get the taste of that national championship game out of their mouth. How does TCU respond? They don't have Quentin Johnson. They don't have Max Duggan. There's a few other players that went to the NFL. What does TCU do now? They suffered one of the most embarrassing losses ever in a national championship game. What does TCU do now? How does the team recover? Do they have a lasting, for lack of a better term, hangover from that game? I'm very interested to see how TCU responds. New players, are there going to be new attitudes? I don't know. I'm very interested to watch TCU, especially in these probably first two to three weeks, to watch how the team responds and how they come together. Baylor and Oklahoma State, uh, I don't know. I, I'm not really sure about them, but I, I, those are two teams that I do really, really like watching. Just, you know, on a random Saturday, finding game to watch. I really like picking like a Baylor, Baylor or Oklahoma State game. Those, those teams are always entertaining to watch. So in this projected standings list, UCF is the first newcomer. I, I can't disagree I mean, I think that UCF is definitely a very good team, and they have uh, Gus Malzahn at the helm, if I remember correctly. And I believe also that John Rice Plumley, the former Ole Miss quarterback, is their quarterback. So that is very interesting. And I think that they will definitely have success you know Gus Malzahn you know with his experience with Auburn and Plumley with his uh with his experience with Ole Miss I'll be interested to see how those two former SEC guys translate into the Big 12 I know that they've had time together you know at UCF, this isn't their first season together, but I'm interested to see if anything changes now that they're in a Power 5 conference. I'm interested to see what happens now. Because this, the Big 12 is not the most competitive conference. However, I I feel like this is a step up from what they're used to. So how do these guys respond? That's something that I will be watching for in UCF this year. Then to finish out the list, it's Kansas, Iowa State, BYU, Houston, Cincinnati, and West Virginia. I don't really disagree with that. 
I I might put Kansas a little bit lower. And maybe Iowa State a little. Maybe I'd switch Iowa State and Kansas and have Iowa State, Kansas, BYU, Houston. I don't know. I'm not sure about that. Cincinnati, I can't. I don't think they're going to have a lot of success. They've lost too much, especially in coaches. So I don't like Cincinnati's chances this year. However, I think the program is set up for success in the future because they just they just have had this success recent like all this recent success. So they have that foundation and now they've gone into a power five conference. So you'll I feel like that will help since night's recruiting and I like where Cincinnati can be going in the future. All right, so let's go ahead and jump into the Pac-12. Now on this one, I want to go ahead and start at the bottom of the conference and work my way up. From the bottom of the standings and work my way up. So at the bottom of this list, I believe this was Sports Illustrated's list that I got this from. Stanford at the bottom. Mm, yeah, probably. This is such a tough conference. Like, top to bottom. This is a tough conference. So, Stanford could be a... I'm not saying good. I'm not saying good. Stanford could be a decent maybe bowl eligible team in other conferences but I don't feel like they stay in a chance in this conference this conference has Caleb Williams Michael Penix Jr. Bo Nix Kim Rising DJ Ungalele as quarterbacks I don't think that Stanford is going to have a chance they might be a decent team but a decent team is not going to help you win in the pack not this year there's too there's too many good quarterbacks there's too many stars that can carry the team on their shoulder and pull them to victory that Stanford, I don't think they're going to have a chance. So I, I do agree with Stanford being at the bottom. Now, interestingly enough, they have Colorado as the second worst team in the conference. I have so many opinions on Colorado. I I feel like I could take up an hour-long podcast talking just about Colorado. But... I don't know if Colorado is going to have success in the pack this year. There's so much drama going around them and everything everything just changed. Their roster is almost completely different. Deion Sanders came in, told everybody, "Okay, bye." Like just 
get out of here. I don't want you here. The team was terrible, so... Fair, I guess? I... I don't know. I don't agree with how Dion handled it. But it was very interesting. He also kind of approached building his roster as a free agency type of thing. Because almost everyone on the roster is from the transfer portal. So I guess my biggest question is how will all of those transfers gel together? How's that going to work? Colorado will be, it's a very polarizing topic right now in many college football circles. I don't think they will be successful this year. I don't expect they're going to go 1-11 again. But I, right now, I don't think this free agency type of thing is a way to win in college football. But if he if Dion wants to win in the pack with that mindset, with that strategy, I think he's a year early. Next year, I think he would have a better shot. But we'll get to that in a little bit. But Colorado, I they brought in some amazing talent. And they brought in some amazing talent from Jackson State. I just, I don't know how all of that's going to gel together. They could surprise me. And, I, you know, I'd love that. But for right now, where I sit right now, I don't anticipate the Colorado team to have success. Next on this list, Arizona State. Yeah, no. Th- this this team's gone through a lot, at least in the past couple of weeks. I don't expect that they're going to have a lot of success, and honestly, I wouldn't be, I would not be surprised if they fell maybe below Colorado. They've just had a lot going on, and. That it's all like Arizona State's always been kind of a wild card, anyways. I don't, I don't think Arizona State's gonna have a lot of success. Then we got Cal next on this list. That's probably that's probably about fair for them. There's not a whole lot to write home about with that Cal team, but they they might sneak up on some people if they don't if they're if they don't take the Cal game seriously. All right, the next ones, before we get into the meat of it and the quarterbacks, we got UCLA, Washington State, and Arizona. Those three, I feel, are pretty interchangeable with who goes where in those spots. I personally like Washington State the most out of those three, but time will tell. All right, so now we get into 
the most probably the most interesting set of teams in any conference because these quarterbacks on any given day can tear a defense to pieces. So right now, USC is projected to be at the top. But Lincoln Riley and Alex Grinch are still at USC. So these other quarterbacks, when they play USC, they could tear that defense apart. Wasn't that what happened to USC last year? They were embarrassed because of that defense. So, you know, the Michael Penix Juniors, the Bo Nixes, the Cam Risings, the DJ Ungalalees, they all have a lot of talent. And USC and Caleb Williams right now, preseason, are considered the class of the pack. But any of these other teams could easily, easily overtake USC for that spot because USC's defense is such a liability. My favorite team in the pack actually is not USC. As much as I love Caleb Williams, as much as I love USC's offense, my favorite team in the pack is Washington. I cannot get enough of Michael Penix Jr. I'm all about Washington, and I think they have a good, solid offense, but I also feel one of their strengths right now is that they also have a better defense to build on. Their defense is going to stop people better than USC's. Now, I know, you know, we're talking about five of the best quarterbacks in the nation, all in the exact same conference. But, so, you know, the stats will probably be tilted towards the offenses. Even so, I still think Washington is going to have a good defense. I like Washington to win this conference, but honestly, I could see it going to any of these top five, USC, Washington, Oregon, Utah, or Oregon State. And that is a race I will be watching the entire season if I can watch the games because what's going on with Pac-12 games? But I prob- I really like Michael Penix Jr., but also I really, really like Cam Rising. Now, I know he was not, is not playing in the Florida game, which is a disappointment. So hopefully, you know, he's okay and he will be able to have a great season. Utah will obliterate Florida no matter what. And when you're listening to this, you will know the answer to that. But I really like Cam Rising. And I really 
like this Utah team. So they so Washington and Utah are one my probably my top two favorites. And then I would put USC three and then Oregon Oregon State for four and five. And I hate to have to put Oregon and Oregon State four and five because they're good teams. They're really good teams. But you I mean, somebody's gotta be four and five in this conference. Somebody has to be. And I think that Caleb Williams will make up for some of the defense. And I'm not sure if Bo Nix and DJ Ungulele are going to be able to do that. So that's why I have them below Caleb Williams, even though I think they're on similar planes with USC on defense. But while we're on the subject of the Pac-12, is there even going to be a Pac-12 in a couple of years? I mean, everyone's going to all these other conferences. And it looks right now like the Pac-12 is completely crumbling. Now, my theory on that is, honestly, the Pac-12 network thing that's going on. I guess we kind of saw this whole realignment thing coming when the SEC network started. That was an insane, insane amount of money for the SEC. And then you started seeing, you know, the Longhorn Network, the ACC Network, the, the, big, tw- the big 10 Network, just go boom, 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 boom. And, you know, you can turn on your TV on most, you know, most TV providers will have those networks. The Pac-12 network, though, there is a Pac-12 network, but it is really, really, really hard to watch. And I think that is the downfall of the Pac-12. Because these teams see what everyone else is getting. All this nationwide attention, all the money that comes with it. And the Pac-12 is not helping them. The Pac-12 has been in these negotiations forever about, you know, TV rights and all of that. And what they're asking for isn't reasonable. And all of these colleges, all of these athletic programs are suffering as a result these teams deserve the same exposure as, you know, the ACC teams, the SEC teams. It is really, really, really a shame that five of the best quarterbacks in college football are going to be almost impossible to watch on Saturdays. You'll have your packed after dark game. But that's one. That's one. 
So at the most, you would get to see two out of five of those quarterbacks. At the most. It is an absolute shame that people are going to be bickering over money and all of that stuff. And all of these teams are going to have to suffer. All of these student athletes are going to have to suffer. But this realignment thing isn't helping them either. Because next season, they're going, for instance, USC and UCLA are going to be in the Big Ten. That means they're going to have to fly halfway across the country to play a game. How is that fair to the student-athlete? In order for the rich to get richer, in order for these student-athletes to get the exposure that they deserve, they're going to have to fly halfway across the country? I don't see how that makes sense. I don't see how that's fair. And I I don't like it. I don't like this realignment. But I also think it's the Pac-12's fault. If the Pac-12 goes away, if the Pac-12 dissolves, it's their own fault. And I really, really hate that these student-athletes are suffering either way. Either they're not getting the exposure that they deserve, people aren't able to watch them, like they're watching everybody everywhere else, or they're having to have very ridiculous travel expectations put on them so that they can be treated the same as everybody else. So they can be the same as everybody else. They can get the same level of fans as everybody else. I don't think that's fair. Personally. So, I think that's going to be it for our ACC, Big 12, and Pac-12 preview. Uh, But next episode, we'll go ahead and do an SEC preview. And then I have, in the next one, I have a clip from a special guest giving us his predictions for the next season. See you next time.